Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on this Monday morning. Michael Guerin joining you for the next 30 minutes to talk all things Harness Racing on Inter-Dominion Grand Final Week. This Saturday, coming up at Albion Park, we have both the Pacers and the Trotters Inter-Dominions. The final field makeup is known. The barrier draws are not. They'll be conducted at 1.30 Queensland time today. So the markets will be coming at about 4 o'clock and the all-important barrier draws 1.30 Queensland time. We'll talk to Cam Hart, who's heavily involved in that series, and Robbie Morris, later in this half hour. But before then, a celebration of a kind, because one of our own New South Welshmen and a great driver and representative representative for the industry, Blake Fitzpatrick, trained his 900th winner at Menangle on Saturday night. It's an awfully big number. Blake is on the phone. Blake, congratulations, and thank you for joining us this morning. No, not a problem, Mick. Thanks for having me on. Mate, when you hear that number, 900, and everybody listening knows how hard it is to train one winner and all the hours that go into one winner, 900 must feel like a lot. Yeah, definitely, Mick. I I was actually unaware of the um, milestone on the night, but yeah, I didn't think I'd got to them got to that number um, at this stage of my career, so yeah, it was a real thrill. Well, Blake, for those who don't know you, you sound young, you sound enthusiastic. How old are you now? I'm 40, Nick. Oh, you're only a baby, Blake. Yeah. By far, <laughs> you're by far the youngest person on this phone call. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about Libby Lou, who won the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge Eastern Region two-year-old final, and Look, it's nice to get your 900 with a horse who seems like a pretty good horse. Yeah, Mick, it's a filly that kept improving right throughout the season. And uh, all, early on in the year, she always had a lot of natural ability. She was just very highly strung and wanted to over-race and just do things wrong. But as the season's gone on and she's matured, she's becoming a much better racehorse and we're starting to see her true ability. Okay, the harness racing season can be very long now. It can start, have a break, and and then the end. So some of these two-year-old fillies and the boys are getting a bit tired by this time of the season. What is the summer future like for Libby Lou? Uh, Obviously, she'll head to the paddock now, Mick. She'll probably have four to six weeks off and then come back for uh, the Australian Pacing Gold three-year-old and Bathurst, which is late March, early April, I think so. Um, yeah, she's had a, I think she's had 10 starts for the season this year, but she's had a good break in between um, the two-year-old APG before the Breeders' Challenge. So she hasn't had an overly lot of racing, and um, I think, yeah, she could only keep improving if she gets older, really. You also drove her, her to win. Well, you've had 900 training successes. You've had... 2,142 driving successes, 22 Group 1s, and you've won, this is going to hurt, almost 20 million in stakes, Blake. You'll be wondering where that's gone. Yeah, definitely, Rick, yeah. 
Mate, let's talk about your career because it's a famous name. Obviously, your brother drives, your father, Paul, is a Hall of Fame trainer. Um, over, Let's talk about the training career, basically. Over your training career, who are one or two of the horses who stand out the most to you? Oh, yeah, it's a tricky, tricky question, Nick. Um, I've had a number of good juveniles, probably really good trotters along the way that have won... Um, group races, but yeah, I uh, had a horse called Leonidas. He went on to be a real superstar over in America. Um, he was a really smart young horse for us, and um, yeah, just the pinpoint one would be very difficult. Um, we probably haven't had that top horse yet, and that's probably still what we're looking for, to be honest. With on the training side of things, uh, sorry, on the driving side of things, um, you were driving Keystone Dell for a while, is that correct? Yeah, he was a great horse to me he at that stage in my career he took myself and Nicole Melander on a great ride he won a great Southern Star and um, countless Group 1 um, over a two season period so yeah he was a, a champion trotter when he was in his prime that's for sure Blake you only would have been about 30 years old by my reckoning when he came along is, is it almost a little bit being spoiled getting on a horse like him when you're 30 because you maybe think they're going to come along every five years, and, and obviously they don't. No, they definitely don't, and that's one thing you learn in this industry is to appreciate the good horses when they do come along because there's plenty of highs and lows. And, yeah, I was probably a little bit spoiled when I started driving. I was fortunate enough to drive for Dad, and his stable was just filled with terrific horses at the time. And I was also driving for Brian Hancock, who had some um, a great bunch of horses also. So... Yeah, I was definitely spoiled um, with Richard early on in my career, that's for sure, Nick. Blake, harness racing has undergone a lot of changes in the last 15 years, no, none bigger than the sale of Harold Park and the building of Menangle and the different racing style. How has training changed in the last 10 years? How does a New South Wales trainer go about things differently, specifically you, than, say, 10 years ago? Ah, uh, yeah, well, you probably hit the nail on the head there, Nick. I think Menangle's changed everything, really, in this state. Um, it's, it's a track that, it's a terrific track. It's probably one of the best in the world, but it's very taxing on the horses, and it's, it's obviously a track speed, really, and horses, it's more training now, it's more about recovery, I think, when they're racing week to week. So, yeah, as far as training now to 15 years ago, it's, well and truly completely different. Obviously, Blake, you occasionally get horses from New Zealand or occasionally Victorian horses come north. I've had a theory for a long time. I, I have lots of theories on lots of things, and I'm sure some of them are wrong. But one theory I think I've got right is it takes horses one or two starts to get their head around racing at Menangle because things happen so fast. H have you found that? Yeah, absolutely, Nick. I think especially the horses coming over from New Zealand, they're just, they're just really lost at the, the speed of the racing here at Menangle. It's a completely different tempo. But, I mean, sure, the good, the good horses will go anywhere and perform well wherever you take them. But, yeah, most horses definitely do improve with um, racing at Menangle. Uh, we know that, that you and your wife also train gallopers. So what's the split of the stable at the moment? as in harness horses versus thoroughbreds? 
Oh, we're still majority um, harness racing horses here, Mick. We've got a combination of trotters and paces. We probably work around between 30 and 35 here at any time, and we've got just the six horses at the moment. So, yeah, it's just a, a really good mix. With the Gallopers, is it a case that predominantly you head out of the city and race at the smaller tracks where the money's still great? Uh, or do you occasionally get a chance to dip your toe into Rose Hill or Randwick? Uh, we have had well, Blake, your line's breaking up there, mate. So, look, first of all, congratulations. Uh, thanks for having a talk to us uh, about your training career. 900 and still counting, 21.42 in the driving career. And, uh, mate, go well. We hope for plenty more. No, thanks very much, Blake Fitzpatrick, our apologies for the slight hassle with the uh, the reception there, but of course many of our horse trainers of of both codes and of even our greyhound trainers do live in areas where sometimes the cell phone reception is not the best. But yeah, Blake Fitzpatrick, hell of an effort. Nine hundred training successes and twenty one forty two as a driver. That's a nice segue actually to our next interview subject. Cameron Hart joins us often on the radio because he's one of the best in the business. He's only been driving four or five years and Cam, I believe, uh, this actually comes from your dad, so it's probably true, that your Australian and New Zealand totals together have now taken you past 1,000 career wins uh, after the weekend. That also, as I said to Blake, sounds like a big number. Yeah, morning, Mick. Yeah, um, I wasn't 100% sure, but uh, Dad tells me so, so I'll believe him. But, um, yeah, good milestone to bring up for sure. And, um, yeah, to do it on the run, it was yeah, pretty special. Who's the biggest fan in the family? Mum, Dad, your sister? Your, they seem to be a very um, tight-knit family. So who's the one who keeps the stats and watches the most Cam Hart races? Uh, I'd say probably they're all pretty equal. Uh, they're all big supporters of mine, but um, Dad's probably the stats man. But yeah, they all uh, tune in, and even my extended family out in June, they they all watch every meeting, and um, yeah, they're obviously big supporters of mine, and uh, yeah, very grateful for it. Mate, it must be quite nice knowing that when you head to New Zealand for the New Zealand Cup you won last month, or even up to Albion Park where you won with Nerano for an Inter-Dominion heat on Saturday night. It must be nice to know that people you love are watching. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I obviously grew up around all of them, and they're all involved in the harness racing game. So, uh, they yeah, they love uh, following me, and it you know, gives them a little bit of a hobby, I guess, to look, look where I am for the day and, and tune in and watch. Okay, let's talk about the Inter-Dominions. You are driving the second favourite for the final, the barrier draws this afternoon in Swayze, but you've also driven or driving one of the surprise packages of the series. Nerano's now the third equal favourite for the final after being 150 to 1 about three months ago. Uh, he seems very quick, Cam. He's always been quick, but he now seems to be able to hold that speed for longer at the top level to enable himself to be in a position to then be quick at the end, if that makes any sense. Yeah, he's absolutely flying, Nerano, and, um, you know, he's 
his first couple of heats he had to do a little bit of work out of the gate and found a good position and he just got that run he really loves to be sat up for the last two or three hundred meters and he's been able to show the lethal speed he's got and he's just in good good form at the moment and he's full of confidence he just you know when you pull him out he just wants to run past them and uh, to go past spirit of st louis in the last round of heats was pretty impressive because um, everyone knows how quick he is as well so uh yeah he's in a really good spot and hopefully he gets a good barrier in the final he'd be very dangerous okay uh you mentioned pulling horses out and getting a late run well that didn't happen with swayze he went around in another Inter-Dominion heat on Saturday night, crossed at the start, got back on the inside. I'll be honest, Cam, after about 600 metres, I thought, mm, you're in a world of pain here. Yeah, it wasn't an ideal barrier for him. I did say beforehand that I thought he was probably going to get crossed. I was just hoping there'd be an opportunity to get off at some stage, but um, obviously a lot of the drivers around me uh, wanted me where I was, and um, yeah, that's that's sort of the way the race went, but still super happy with his performance after that. His last 400 metres was unbelievable and went through the line well. So hopefully, um, you know, he can get a nice barrier in the final and uh, he'll definitely be in the race. It was fascinating to watch because Greg Sugars, who's an outstanding driver, was outside you. And I bet you didn't enjoy having him outside you because you could just see him waiting and holding you where he didn't, where you didn't want to be, and then he moved at a time when the others from behind them were moving in to keep you in that gap. It was um, probably exactly what you would have done to him, but yes, having Greg Sugars outside you in that situation probably um, wasn't a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, and yeah, that come uh, aware to me pretty early on when I had Greg outside me. I knew he wasn't going to move to the chair and give me an opportunity to, to be able to work wide at some stage. So very smart drive by Greg, and it would have been nice for the shoe to be on the other foot and me doing that to him, but uh, he's a very smart driver, and uh, obviously his horse is flying as well. But, uh, yeah, just the way that race panned out was unfortunate. I've had no concerns with what I've seen from Swayze in this series. Have you had any concerns from what you've felt from Swayze? No, he's just given me an unbelievable feeling in all three heats, to be honest, um, the way he's gone. Obviously, the second round heats, I thought he was probably one of his biggest runs he's put in uh, coming off the track, and then he felt unbelievable up the straight. He showed a great turn of foot in that last round. He just hasn't had a lot of luck with the barrier draws, and um, I think he's going as well as he ever has, and hopefully he can get a good barrier for the final. Okay, barrier draw is around 2.30 Sydney time. What barrier do you want for Swayze, who, who I presume you are confirmed to drive regardless? Yeah, I'd love a front row draw, obviously. Um, you know, I'd love to be able, be able to be inside leap to fame. Um, you know, two or three would be perfect, probably, but um, yeah, we'll just see how we go. But yeah, at this stage, I'll be definitely sticking with, with Swayze. Okay, I believe your good mate Jack Trainer will be driving Nerano. Is that the word? Yeah, I think he's been booked for Nerano, so I'm um, sure he'll be pretty excited to be getting on a horse with such good form in an end on final. So yeah, it looks like uh, he'll be coming up to Brisbane to pilot him. Talk about the two things each or the things each horse needs. Swayze, I presume, rolling to the front would be the best scenario. What about Nerano? What's a good draw for him? Uh, one would be perfect for him, I'd say, Mick. Um, he's obviously got super gate speed and, um, you know, he follows the speed well. It'd be pretty keenly run race, I'd imagine, over the 2600, so the fence will be where 
where you want to be uh, with a horse like him. So that'd be perfect. But obviously, uh, everyone's probably thinking the same thing but, and hoping. But yeah, we'll see what happens at 2.30 today. Mate, you're off to the capital tonight to drive in Canberra. But you've also, you've got a busy weekend. Uh, am I getting this right? You're jumping on a plane to Perth on Friday to drive in the Golden Nugget. And then I presume you're leaving late at night or early in the morning, Perth time, to get back to Brisbane to drive in the interfinal. Talk us through that. Yeah, we've got a bit of a busy week. Um, obviously, Jared's campaigning my ultimate Ronnie in Perth. Um, he's got the Golden Nugget on Friday night at Costa Park. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting over there. Um, I think he can bounce back. He's a little bit disappointing in his first run over there, but... Jared's pretty happy with the way he's been the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to get over there. And, um, yeah, we'll get get on the red-eye flight to Brisbane uh, Friday night and make sure we're there nice and early so we don't miss the Inadom uh, come Saturday. Are you a person who can sleep on planes? Some people can't, but it's a, it's a nice gift to have if you can. Uh, I'm a little bit hit and miss. Uh, if I'm tired, I'll sleep. So um, I imagine I'll be pretty tired and hopefully I should be right. Let's hope you don't win. You might be too full of adrenaline and you'll be staring at the screen in front of you for the five hours across the Nullarbor and back to to Queensland. Hey, driving at um, Canberra tonight, can you tip our listeners into a winner? Yeah, I've got a few nice chances out there tonight at Canberra. I think Flash Kai Valley probably looks my best in race seven. Super happy with his last start at Menangle. He did a power of work over the long trip and he looks like he's dropping down in grade a little bit. Probably race six as well, our dying guy. Uh, probably gets his chance to win another race as well. Mate, talk about this week's final. If Swayze leads, do you think he has the wood on leap to fame? Because when he's tried to sit parked outside you, and when Akuta has tried to sit parked outside you, they haven't been able to. So if you lead, are you the horse to beat? Or, because he's at home, is leap to fame still the horse to beat? Yeah, I think whoever gets the, the barrier draw advantage and, and if they can get to the front's probably the one to beat for sure. And I think most people are under the same opinion. And, um, yeah, it would be pretty hard to see uh, Swayze getting beat if, if he can get to the front. Obviously, no one's been able to run past him yet. So I'd be pretty confident if I can land that position. What about your week? Um, two years ago, this all would have seemed a bit of a dream and Group 1's in Perth one day and Group 1's at Albion Park and into finals the next day. Is that something now that you have become used to because you won a New Zealand Cup last month, you've won an Inter-Dominion and you just go about your business? Or do you occasionally, when you're driving along in your Beamer, think to yourself, holy hell, this is, this is pretty cool? Yeah, I don't think too much about it. I kind of just go week to week and it's all a bit of a blur sometimes. You just go one meeting into the next and, uh, yeah, when you sit, sort of sit back and think about it, it's pretty unbelievable, um, you know, what we've been able to achieve, for, you know, myself and, and everyone around me uh, the last couple of years and yeah, hopefully we can continue it. But, um, yeah, at the moment we're just trying to, you know, get to each big race meeting and, and keep ticking off some big wins. Mate, get round safe tonight, um, get to Perth safe, hope you get some sleep on the plane, Cam, and yeah, good luck um, at 2.30 today, something you're not part of, but it'll be a big part of your life on Saturday night, the barrier draw for the Inter-Dominion. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, thanks, Mick. Cameron Hart, it's, it's been a quite stunning um, 
ascension through the harness racing ranks three years ago, won his first Group 1. He's now won 8,000 races and counting, and lots more to come. And uh, he's off to Perth to drive in a Group 1, then an Inter-Dominion final he can win if he gets a good barrier draw. Now we're talking about numbers today, so let's keep the theme going. Robbie Morris has managed to get two horses into the Inter-Dominion pacing final, but Robbie, as we come to you, we've been speaking about driving numbers. Cam's at 1,000. Uh, Blake Fitzpatrick's at 2,100. What's Robbie Morris's driving wins total? I'm not 100% sure, but I think I'm about 50 winners off 2,000, so about 1,950, I think, yeah. Well, that's a big number, and... Uh, Away from that number, you haven't been winning at this Inter-Dominion Carnival, but you've done a hell of a job because to have two horses uh, in the Inter-Dominion final and they're probably two horses who a year ago people would have laughed or 18 months ago absolutely would have laughed at their chances of making an Inter. It must be very satisfying in its own way. Yeah, it is. You know, It's obviously a massive team effort and everyone around the whole stable... It's good to get these results for them and their owners have been patient. We've had to sort of let them get through the grades and keep stepping through, but really pleased with them. And, you know, it's obviously a credit to everyone involved that they're there on, on Saturday night. Probably the one who surprises the people the most is Kanina Provlima, who was always a pretty good horse. I, I thought it was a nice horse when it was trained out in the west by Tree And, look, it's, it's bounced around to a lot of places since then. It's always had speed. It seems to like your style of training and, and driving. Yeah, he does. He's obviously, he's got that good turn of foot and you can put him wherever you need him. And I think the most important part for these horses is they drop the bit so good, they obviously need to take their time and, and get to their spots without overtaxing themselves. So, um, you know, both him and Pete said so. They're, they're such well-mannered horses and I think it helps them a hell of a lot in these bigger races because they conserve so much energy. But, um, yeah, really happy to have him there. And he's always been a nice horse going forward. So hopefully he can get a nice draw this afternoon. OK, Pete's Said So is your other one for your wife, Kerry ann who is officially the trainer, but you're more or less training partnership. Um, he's the other one on the final. So who drives who? And is that draw dependent? Yeah, I'll probably just wait for the draw to come out. Um Either way, I'll drive one and Josh Gallagher will drive the other. Obviously, Josh is our foreman and he's a really good driver in his own right. Kez is quite happy being the trainer and, and calling all them shots. So either way, it'll either be me or Josh on, on vice versa. I'll just I'll let the draws come out and I'll make me pick from there probably. Pete's said so led in his heat the other day and you just waited for Leap to Fame, which is a typical Inter-Dominion drive and a very smart drive. Um, he pinned 10 metres on you, but... Look, I thought your horse hung on well enough to suggest if you find the marker pegs in the final, you're probably not, a, not only a top three chance, maybe even a top four chance, but if you could sit behind the right horse, you might have a chance of finishing closer. Yeah, well, exactly right. You know, like he's, he's run the other day I was really pleased with, obviously. You know, when, you know, if any other horse puts 10 metres on you, maybe a little bit disappointed, but when it's leaped to fame... You know, it's just an impossible job to do it, but especially when he finds the front that easy. But, you know, if Pete can get a good draw and he can get to the rail and, and Swayze and Leap to Fame have got to do a bit of work early to find their spots, 
it brings him right into contention. He, he he loves following the pace. I'm pretty sure he ran six in last year's inters, only getting beat 10 or 12 metres. So, you know, obviously with both of our horses, they are a little bit barrier draw reliant. But, you know, if they can get good trips and the better horses get sticky gates and they've got to do a bit throughout the trip, it brings them right into it. All right, who's the horse to beat in the series? Because Leap to Fame's had a perfect series. Better Eclipse has been really good. And, and Swayze's probably showing us that he's not a sit-sprint horse and he might be, without insulting him, maybe more one-dimensional than the other two. Yeah, look, I, I probably think, you know, there's no knock on Swayze at all, but, you know, he's lacking gate speed and that probably does hurt a touch, especially in these races. But if he can... You know, I, you know, I, I'm still sitting on Leap to Fame. I think he's the horse in the series that we're most probably got to be worried about. He's he's got a bit of gate speed. He's got mannerisms. He's got speed. You know, he's you know everyone sort of puts him in the same categories. He's got to go and do all the work. But he's running the Sunshine Sprint here was out of this world, driven for his speed. So you know, I think he's got more bows to what the others do, but better Eclipse. Yeah, he couldn't be more impressed with both of his runs. And, you know, I think they're, they're super horses. And when you're in these races, it's just an honour to be in it. You've just got to take it day by day and hopefully you get a good draw and posse up and see what happens. What have you made of the Trotters series? Because you don't need to be a harness racing expert to look at Just Believe and go, well, you couldn't be more in the zone. No, he just looks, you know, I, he was out of the world the other day. He's run on... Saturday night was huge. You know, Greg and Jess done a super job with him to travel across the world like that and come back and be better. Um, yeah, it's just a super effort by all involved. And I, I, you know, you never like to be too strong. And probably I can say it. I'm not driving him and training him, but I, I'd be very surprised if he got beat. You know, Queen Alita's a lovely mare. Plymouth Chubb's flying, but he just seems like he's in another code at the moment. I agree with you. Um, you had a winner on Saturday night at Albion Park, horse called Hands On. Look, it may not have been the strongest field, but look, he's bred to be okay. He's had plenty of starts, but he seems to like it up there. Just, just get on the speed and feel nice and big and bold. I think some horses quite like those smaller tracks compared to Salmon Angle. Yeah, well, look, he's a, probably a different one. I, I drove him early days when he came from New Zealand, and he gave me quite a good feel, and you know, one reason or another, two, three years went by and he sort of probably lost his way a touch, so we're lucky enough to purchase him and I think he's only had the four runs for us and it gives me a really nice feel, you know, he went 52 the other day, I'm pretty sure if something went with him I could have maybe got down to low 51s, um, so, you know, he's probably a horse that we'll see what happens when he gets back to Menangle, but um, Kez has entered him, I think there's a, a band five junior drivers race up here on Saturday night, so... I've lost me drive, but um, yeah, look, if he could win that before he went home, it would be a really good result. He looks like a nice horse going forward. What's it been like having the Inter-Dominions back at Albion Park? And it, I think the Inter-Dominions are tricky things these days, Robbie, because people don't mind going on a Saturday. I think very few people want to go to the trots on a Tuesday night. Has it had any atmosphere? Has it felt quite involved? Or what I tend to find, me personally, is the Inter-Dominions have a great grand final night, but the heats, it's really hard to keep that crowd momentum up. Is, is that how it's been for you? 
Yeah, I, I think it has been. You know, obviously Tuesday night was quite quiet. I thought they got good enough people on the first round of heats being a Friday night. Um, but, yeah, I sort of tend to agree with you. You know, people don't come that much during the heats because, let's face it, like anything in this day and age, you can get such a good vision sitting at home. Like, you only got to look at the replays they put up and you've got drones and head-on shots and that. You get such a good vision at home. Um, you know, people tend to stay at home to watch the heats. But come final time, I'm sure they'll get a massive crowd and it'll be good to see everyone get involved with them better horses. And, um, you know, I'm sure they've done... Albion Park's done a good job. We're actually... We're heading to the barrier draw now, so hopefully that's a good day and um, hopefully we come up with some handy numbers. Mate, what do you make of the Inter-Dominions? It's been around in so many forms over the last 15 years. There's been all sorts of things tried. Do you think with the modern speeds of racing, the three rounds of heats in a week still works? Uh, or does it not? And a secondary part to that question, does it alter the way you drive those races compared with a normal race? Yeah, I think I love the format. I think the format that we've used this year is just the only way to run the Inter-Dominion. And that's what sets it apart from the rest because not only do you have to have a really versatile, versatile standard bred, which is just our beautiful breed, you've got to have a really good driver that can maximise the points without going to the bottom every week or every day. And you've got to have a really good trainer that can manage to pick them up four times in a fortnight. So there's a lots of things that have got to come together. There's Our horses are that good these days. A lot of things depend on draw. And when you've got a one-out race like your Hunter Cups or your Miracle Miles or your Victoria Cups, they're great races. But barrier draws tend to play a lot in it, where the Inter-Dominion with the three heats and the final... It allows a horse like Pete said so and Canina Problema that, you know, sometimes, let's face it, not being hard here, Pete said so didn't get a run in the Blacks of Fake three, four months ago. You know, because oh, he's not that, you know, trademark horse where everyone wants to know about. But two years in a row and in an Inter Dominion, he's come up trumps and he's, he's, you know, in the final again, second year in a row. So that's what makes the Inter Dominion for me. Um, I think it's a great format. I think it's the way that they've got to stick with it. Mate, I love it. You've handled the horses beautifully, you and Kerry Ann. Mate, good luck at the barrier draw. They can be a long haul. They tell me it involves a boat trip to an island today. Well, <laughs> you're in for and a I've long got, day. I've got Archie Morris and Joy Dixon with me. So I've got two eight-year-olds and they'll be ready to go to draw their barriers. I'll be pretty pumped. Well, Archie Morris acts like he's 15, so yeah, good luck with your teenage eight-year-old son, mate. Um, go well today. Thanks for taking the time to join us today, mate, and yep, good luck on Saturday night. Thanks, mate. All the best. Yep, Robbie Morris's son, Archie, may be the world's oldest eight-year-old, and he knows more about horses than plenty of people I know who are adults. Um, great to get the thoughts there of Cameron Hart. Congratulations to Blake Fitzpatrick, up to 900 training successes. Inter Dominion barrier draw roughly as much as we know these things about two thirty Sydney time today. That'll be covered extensively on social media, of course, and then the tab tab.com.au will have the markets open, I'm sure, by four thirty, five thirty at the latest. Coverage on Sky on Saturday night, but of course, Brittany is back for On The Pace at 10.30 on Wednesday morning, and it's her home state into Dominion. 
She'll be talking more about that on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be back to cover it on Finding Winners on Friday morning as well. If you're having a bit tonight, good luck. And we look forward to talking more harness racing for Inter-Dominion Week coming up on Sky Sport Radio this week.